we go. All right, part two. Take two. Take two. We uh, started recording and I realized I was only recording one person. All right, well, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I am, oh yeah, I guess we put, should probably start. I'm Piper. And I'm Grace. And this is the What Do You Think podcast. Yes. Um, last week, or two weeks ago, we got into um, Secrets of Hillsong. Mm-hmm. We are finishing up the recap today with episodes three and four. So if you don't want spoilers, but you haven't seen the the whole documentary at this point, which you had two weeks to do so, so... I was going to say. If you haven't, I'm judging you. It's fine. Um, and if you, if, if you haven't watched the first half of this podcast, go back, because we're, yeah. we're stacking on what we talked about yes. last time, so mm-hmm. make sure you go listen to that first. Yeah, for sure. You want to do a little recap of what we talked about, though? Yeah, we talked about Hillsong, uh, the global phenomenon of a Pentecostal church, and... It's New York campus's pastor, Carl Lentz, kind of pastor to the stars, his fall from grace when it came out that he had an affair and how he and his wife were taken out of like basically removed from leadership. And I mean, like mm-hmm. kick, not necessarily kicked out of a church, but kind of yeah, kind of forced to yeah. leave and talked about all of that and how they bounced back from that and they gave interviews and where they are and their story and mm-hmm. kind of that progress and healing and what the Lord has done there and talked about the church of Hillsong and how this kind of Carl Lentz having an affair sprung open this box of all of these issues mm-hmm. going on with Hillsong. Yeah. Money, also, volunteering, yeah. Uh, sexual misconduct allegations, all of these things. And we're focusing today. We talked about them definitely in the last couple episodes, but Focusing today on Brian Houston mm-hmm. and his dad, and his, the founder of Hill Church. Yes. Yeah, it's a heavier episode today. Mm-hmm. So um, if you don't want to hear about child sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, I would not suggest listening to this episode because it's going to be a good chunk of what we talk about today. Yeah. Um, My first thought was we see a clip of Brian preaching mm-hmm. and he's doing push-ups on stage. <laughs> And I said, why are you doing push-up on why stage? Why do you Stop. have the need to do push-ups on... I Stop. don't care if you... You're if in you, a tux. If you were using Not that... Not a tux, a suit. <laughs> ...for your sermon, don't use that for your sermon. That's really weird. It's just unnecessary. It's really uncomfortable. It feels like youth group or like youth camp. Yeah. Where the pastor's trying to act cool and get the kids to that like him. That was it. weird. Yeah. I, it was I, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. Man. Um... Yeah, so, I don't know. Should we just get into Frank? Yeah, All right. let's do it. So, um, Australia has a meeting for people in this epi- in the third episode where um, people who have been sexually abused or their children were sexually abused as this a This was child. a long time ago. This was... Well, no, this is more recently. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. This is the Royal Commission. Okay, Oh, gotcha. well, maybe it was a long... I don't know. I it was the like 2012... That- yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. It was, yeah. Yeah. So 2010s. Um, so people come out, share their stories. Someone shares their kid committed suicide because of what happened to them yeah. when he was younger, which is <clears throat> awful. Um, this meeting was for the people in Australia to vote for a, a royal commission um, for sexual abuse allegations, which 
leads them to get into the story of Frank Houston, <sighs> a disgusting human being. <laughs> yeah, just um, evil. Gosh, I don't even... So Frank Houston was a pastor himself, mm-hmm. um, but he molested young men from 1948 to 1975 as far as we are aware of. Mm. Could have been past that. Yeah, so um, he had a church in New Zealand. That's where he's from. Then he said he got called to go to Sydney, Australia in 1978. Like, the Lord was just leading him there. I think he just wanted to escape New Zealand where he molested children. Yep. But, you know. um, And they had a thousand people in the church within a year in Sydney. And it was then the third plant, I think, that became Hillsong Church, which was then known as Hills Christian Life Center. Hmm. Yeah. So then when molestation allegations get brought up again later, I think this was 1999, Mm -hmm. um, Frank quietly decides to step down from pastorship and has Brian, his son, step up as lead pastor. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get into Brian. Where we get into Brian. Oh, Brian. (sighs) Brian, Brian, Brian. I don't... Yeah, so people started to notice he definitely was competing against his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to be his own thing, rise above, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of funny because I don't think most people know that there's a Hillsong Church in Australia. Yeah, Um, that honestly is kind of funny. Which is Brian's church. Um, But yeah, so all the way back in 1989, Brian started hearing about the accusations that his dad started touching, fondling, and raping young boys. Mm. So he talks to his dad and claims that Frank... In a meeting. In a meeting. With no witnesses. Yes. No recording. Just No him, nothing. Just him and his dad. I wrote down, I was like, red flag, red flag, this, red flag. This could be a, hey, I had dinner at my dad's house and we casually talked about this. Yeah. And Frank claims it only happened once decades ago. <sighs> yeah, so we'll talk about Brian a little bit. Um... Yeah, Brian was kind of described as an average goofy. People really honed in on how goofy he was. Mm. And I don't know how they meant that. But he's goofy looking, so... I was talking with someone the other day who said, yeah, I met him at Hillsong LA in Ah. 2016. And they were like, yeah, he was super full of himself. He wouldn't Mm. even shake our hands. You can tell that just from... um, Oh, yes. Even when um, his Cartier paparazzi watches talks to him, oh my grand. gosh, we'll get, we'll into, get into that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but just when you see the paparazzi just ask him simple questions, yeah. he'll be like, "I'm devastated, thank you," or like. And I understand that that he's like, "I'm not going to get into this right yeah. now with the paparazzi that the are hounding me." Yeah. Which makes sense, but also yes, it was just the way it's how he does it. I yeah. don't know. You'll have to. You have to watch the documentary to just get the vibe. But Mm -hmm. yeah, he's definitely into himself. Um, And also people kind of claimed he wasn't that great of a preacher. Mm. Like that wasn't his talent. Um, But he was the type of person you wanted to like and be liked by. And Um, he was he was good at the business side. Like he made it grow, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) 30 locations. And over, and over 150,000 congregants. Yeah, that's insane. Which is wild. Um, so yeah, in uh, the 80s, Brian took a trip to the U.S. 
And that's when he met a lot of prosperity gospel pastors, which Pro- is mm. danger. <laughs> danger will prosperity Robinson. gospel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No um, hard pass. Yeah, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically it's part of the Christian religion, but it's where people believe your success is a sign of God's blessing upon you, or vice versa. Our our God is not a God who withholds or gives depending on performance. That's the whole point. We have yeah. zero part in the blessings that we receive. It's despite us that God blesses us or he takes away and he only takes away for our better, not right. for punishment. Yeah. Now, human consequence for your actions, that's that's definitely a thing, but that's because of free will. That's not an act of, right. of punishment against God. So that's kind of prosperity gospel from what we can understand or what I understand is that yeah 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 i have thoughts on that but prosperity gospel yeah well just well because there's also just the um and i think i wrote it down but it was later so let me see if i can find it Hmm. no i think i removed it what was my thought it was um basically does suffering mean you're doing the right thing i wrote that down too did you really I did because we've talked about that recently, yeah. how there's this kind of something that people say is, you know, oh, if you're suffering, then that means you're doing the right thing or you're, on you're the right doing track. good as a Christian, which honestly, it made me and I, I'm probably going to get this story wrong. In youth group, I was told the story of this young guy who was just really on fire for spreading the gospel or whatever. But it was kind of in the sense of like, he bragged about it all the time. Mm. Like, oh, I'm doing God's work. And, you know, if people hate me for it, like, it means I'm doing the right thing. So he decided he wanted to go to, I think it was Nigeria. And um, at the time, there was like a travel, not a ban, but an advisory ban not to go there. Mm. And uh, because I don't remember if it was like militia or whatever. And they it was very dangerous to go there and especially Mm. to spread the gospel. But he was like, I got to go. And there was honestly like, he didn't have a reason. It was just like, oh, well, if we're not supposed to be there to spread the gospel, then we should be there to spread the gospel. Mm. And so he just didn't listen to the advice. And then as soon as he got there, they, they grabbed him, they imprisoned him and they shot him. Dang. And that's really sad. I know it is. It's, it's a sad story, but it's also like you got to look at the heart of why you want to do something. Hmm. Um, is it for your own gain and to say, look how well I'm doing and look what I'm I'm doing for God? Or is it because God's calling you to serve him? We get our we get our own feelings mixed up with God's calling a lot. Yeah, that was an issue I had in my church growing up in my high school was mm. every every week there'd be people crying and weeping and God's calling me yeah. to do that. Oh and then gosh. like their Being... calling would change six times yeah. over the next like two years. Or even just like you become a Christian, but then you go through something. And it's like, oh, I need to be like, I need to be saved again. And then you're like saved yeah, a million no. times in your that's, life. That's not it. It's like God forgave you the first time. You're still good. You're still covered. You by are him. called to repent. Yeah. You're called to repent of your sins. We'll have to do that forever. Yeah. That's that's part of that's part of the problem. Yeah. But you were you were saved. Yeah. But anyway, to go back to that, it really yeah. confuses me that prosperity gospel is like blessings or how you know you're doing the right thing, but yeah. also if you're being persecuted, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So that's basically confusing. you're always doing the right thing. You can't Ooh. you can't go wrong. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. 
that's my issue with prosperity gospel mm. and maybe i just don't know the religion that well mm. i probably don't just because i don't believe in it but anyway so assemblies of god pentecostal is what the original Hillsong was labeled as and they they still stick by the pentecostal label yeah um but i i think brian definitely added the uh prosperity into their belief system Hmm. in how he preached and they joked that gianni versace was the patron saint of hillsong because brian was very into wearing high-end clothing (laughs) and specifically ties that's really funny (laughs) which honestly i if you haven't seen him in that time just the the worst handlebar mustache and lawn it was amazing to be honest with you you should go check it out yeah these awful suits but then gianni versace like rainbow ties Mm. it was just a whole look so i wonder where carl got that from Hmm. oh interesting yeah (laughs) no that's true yeah so they make the comment that you weren't really there for jesus you were there to follow brian Hmm. um which honestly you get that theme throughout Hillsong NYC and all of the Hillsong churches. It's you follow the pastor, not God. Mm. Um, so yeah, Brian was Carl's spiritual father, um, but C- Carl kind of had something Brian didn't have, and he was a very gifted speaker and yeah. very charismatic. Yeah, more so if you want to word it this way, Brian did not have the gift of preaching, and and Carl very much does. Mm. Then one of uh, the f- children that Frank abused mm. grew up and fought for justice which good for him Mm -hmm. and came out about what really happened to him Mm. um originally he went anonymously by aha um but now we know him as brett sainstock and we find out he met with frank one day about his abuse after he came out about it and he (laughs) frank offered brett ten thousand dollars in hutch money makes me want to throw up which is just disgusting like a lifetime of dealing with the abuse being mentally changed Mm. by it i mean brett talked about he has a hard time being intimate with his wife sometimes he still gets visions of frank in his room when he's trying to sleep i mean that's just you can't fix that with money Mm -mm. um and honestly ten thousand dollars isn't that much he won't be able to fix it even with justice as horrible as it is like he deserves justice i want him to get justice um but that won't fix it either. Right. Nothing will fix it. Yeah. Um, only the Lord can, can heal. The peace of mind that Frank is resting in hell. <laughs> Honestly, I, I say this. I say this seriously. I I would never, ever wish anybody in hell. Mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. No. The only people that I, I really struggle not condemning to hell are, are child abusers. It is hard to. It's really hard to want them to find but yeah. that's that's when the Lord says this too. I mm-hmm. created this person too. Yeah, you right. know, and it's like, whew. yeah, God created Frank, Frank Houston too. I think where I don't have mercy in that mm. is when I know they never repented of it, yeah. or felt guilty for it. Um, not saying I don't know his heart. I don't know if he felt guilty towards right. Them. But you know what? Towards the end, he lied about dement. Well, lied. Yeah, but had said he had dementia as an excuse to not have to talk about the molestation and all of that. And so I just, yeah, that's where I have a hard time is like, if you come out and repent and feel guilt, then absolutely I'll work on having mercy for you. 
but someone who just denies it his whole life oh, yeah. as a pastor. That's evil. just disgusting. No, he's an evil. He was an evil, evil man. Yeah. An evil, evil man. And we kind of, so when that's brought up, it kind of opens the door to talk about the the culture of like purity culture mm-hmm. and sexual, like all yeah. in the, the Hillsong church. Mm-hmm. And I just love how everyone's pushing this narrative of resisting the flesh and keeping yourself pure for marriage is evil or twisted. Like it really bothers me how they were like, they advised, you know, keeping yourself until marriage. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's super evil to keep yourself for one person that you can join in beautiful harmony with and only know each other that's Mm -hmm. beautiful that's Mm -hmm. special and sacred Mm -hmm. it really it makes me angry i don't know why i'm surprised but Mm. like for a while there was like rejection of it and now it's just like no that's actually wrong of you to want to live that way it's actually wrong of you to want to wait until marriage and stay Mm. pure that means that you are close-minded and bigoted and that mark my words in the next 50 years probably way sooner it will be illegal to be christian i guess so yes Hmm. i I genuinely i genuinely believe that i don't know i genuinely believe i think christianity is gonna come back as cool that'd be great which would eh. that'd be great there's a i it's and i think this was like 2010s just with justin bieber coming out as christian and all that Mm -hmm. there is a danger of that though because it's not always as genuine as it could be hmm. because it's cool so yeah it's a fad yeah you know yeah i yeah. agree i, I feel know. like that's what we're coming out of mm, i feel like that I was kind so. of the 2010s yeah. with hillsong and all of that to I be mean, honest yeah yeah maybe i could see it go either way honestly but we start talking about that in the purity culture and all of that and this young woman talks about how she had sex and got pregnant mm. and then was asked to stand in front of her youth group uh, and apologize. I That stuff Ooh. makes my blood boil. I feel like it's hard at the same time, though, because we also feel like Carl Lentz should have probably got up in front of his church yes. and said that, you know? So I've, well, it's like hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to know. I honestly don't feel like he owed that to the congregation. Oh, I've, really? See, I think we differ on this. See, I think when I feel you're in like, charge of a group of people, you you are held to a higher standard and you owe them, like, explanations. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay, as a lead pastor, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But just a lead pastor. Otherwise, worship leader, deacon, I don't know. Elder, I, I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I, I personally think mm-hmm. if you are in a position of leadership where you have influence and you are leading the church in a certain way and you have sinned in an, an egregious way against mm-hmm. somebody, I just, it, I then, think it, yeah, I do think you are called to repent I, of that and step down. I think it depends on how you handle it. I think if you come to the elders and you're like, hey, I did this. Mm-hmm. But you're just like a worship leader or something. I think it's okay for the elders to be like, okay, you need to step down. You need to go through therapy and make sure you work through this. We're going to give you discipleship. We're going to counsel you. We're going to give you accountability. I don't think you owe that to the whole congregation. Hmm. Um, As a lead pastor, you are choosing to have your life be a little bit more open. Um, 
even like Matt Chandler, you know, I don't know if you knew what he did and why he had to take a sabbatical. Yes. Where he was just talking to a woman yeah, privately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. And that woman's friend came to him in church and was like, I don't think what you're doing is appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah. Oof. And so he went to the elders and That's was like, hey, and his wife too. And he was like, hey, here's my situation. Yeah. I don't feel good about it. And so he took, he took, <coughs> I think, like six months off. And in that time, he had yeah. he had accountability, and the elders laid in on him a little bit more. And, yeah. Um, in that case, I think yeah, for sure. I don't I don't know about anyone else. I don't know. I don't even know what the Bible says about that. So I don't know what my mm-hmm. opinion should be, honestly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just know that pastors, at least pastors and people, mm-hmm. they, they are legitimately held to a higher standard. Yeah. In in scripture. I mean, yeah, it um, says that for sure. Yeah. But I think it's just my. And part of it's just personalities, but my desire for like honesty and mm-hmm. truth. And yeah. I do not like feeling like the wool's been pulled over my eyes or that people mm-hmm. are trying to hide yeah. what they're doing oh, so yeah. that they save their reputation. I that understand. that makes me really angry inside and outside. I just feel it like makes me angry all of the sides. If you're <laughs> if you're humble enough to come out with mm-hmm. the sin that you've committed. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're worried about your reputation. Hmm. Because you don't know technically what the elders are going to do once you tell them. Right. Right. That's true. And that's true. Yeah. But anyway, so... We look at that example of that young woman being called. And see, she's not in leadership. Mm -mm. She was a member of the church. Yeah. A young youth member of the church. That's really... She was 19 and her boyfriend was 20. Yeah. The Lord forgives, and sex outside of marriage is a sin, but there is mm-hmm. forgiveness. And I wonder how it could have affected this woman if there had been an outpouring of God's love and grace. It yeah. could have been a beautiful, redemptive story for her beautiful child, but yeah. instead, it's a traumatic segment in a national documentary against the church. Yeah. Like, so disappointing. Well, and she she talks about all she felt her whole pregnancy was shame. And That's so sad. It affected her so poorly. She said she was violently ill her whole pregnancy, mm, um, which it's supposed to be such a beautiful and exciting time. And and of course, there is going to be a level of, there could have been a level of, of shame yeah. in the beginning mm-hmm. when this happened, this happened out of sin, but there yeah. could have been a, do you repent of your sin? Yes. Okay, like the Lord forgives you. Like now, let's and we're here now. So look at this child that He's given you, and let's let's celebrate some beauty that's come from this mistake, and Mm -hmm. you know, be excited. And it just could have been a beautiful story. Yeah. And then we get into uh, the young the young man who talked about Frank, and then all yeah, like the young man who talked about Frank, and continue with what you were gonna say. We get back into that. Oh yeah. are we talking about Brett? <laughs> well, we no, we start oh. talking about the <clears throat> the meeting and the meeting with the pastor talking about what Frank did. The meeting there with so all of with, Frank. with all of the people that were coming up with stories about Frank, and we start to hear from some of them, like what was when they tried to bring it up to their parents, like what was told them, like you don't want to oh. be responsible for sending people away from the church. Oof. It was yeah, just a nightmare. There was that one, or there was the little boy who that felt makes me sick. safe enough to talk to a pastor while Frank was in the room about what he did to him, and the mm. pastor slapped him and Mm-mm. told him not to speak about it. Oh, no, punched him and told him not to speak about a pastor like that. Um, 
that's just I don't understand that. Mm-mm. One, there. This is a young child, like seven or eight. You're talking about sexual abuse. Why does yeah. this child know about sexual abuse? Yeah. And if this kid is coming out and saying my pastor did this, what it doesn't would a hurt to look into no. that. No, it especially does not. when there are other thirteen allegations inside the church alone of hey. The pa- pastor Frank abused me, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with looking into it. No. And taking the child's word and just considering no. it, at least. Um, <clears throat> and immediate, even if there's an allegation, mm-hmm. there are immediately extreme precautions. He is no longer allowed in any room with the child. He's yeah. no longer allowed in a home with, like, a child without another person or another couple people guarding right. him. Yeah. They're at all point to have, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, there are so many things that could have been done that weren't done. Mm-hmm. It's just so, oh, it's so yeah. frustrating. So with all of that, Brian eventually um, is called to court for accusations of hiding his father's crimes yeah. and being a part of the hush money incident with Brett. Yeah. He um, says, you tempted my father. Yeah. Disgusting. So, so um, Brett came to Brian or texted him saying, hey, Frank never paid me the money. So what's happening? And Brian was like, I'll pay that to you personally. Yep. And then tells <laughs> Brett that you tempted my father and this is on you. You, basically. a seven-year-old man or seven-year-old child. child. That, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's like, just, I can't I'm imagine sorry, a more this, wicked thing to say. This child was just trying to go to sleep in his own home and Frank comes into his also, home. Also, you cannot, children cannot tempt adults. No. 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 That's that's just it's almost laughable. That's almost laughable to say that. Like a child does not understand sexual appeal. Mm -hmm. And if they do, something happened to them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just it's they were taught by an adult. Yeah. Or maybe another child that had been hurt about what sexual appeal is. Yeah. So yeah. Ugh. anyway um and so, so all of this kind of like is kept quiet all yeah. of these things that we mm-hmm. talk about how when frank stepped down and all of that yeah and he it was when it came out like he had like admitted to this or whatever you know or the one time didn't he am i right or wrong you're no oh okay he I'm only wrong. ever admitted to brian interesting yeah so uh brian originally claimed he didn't know anything about the sexual allegations yeah but then later he went back and in court he said he talked to his dad about it years ago. And Frank claimed it was a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. And that's all we know. But um, he didn't remember it at first, remember? He right. didn't remember. He, he didn't, didn't remember, remember the conversation. He didn't remember sexual abuse. He just being, didn't remember it. Yeah. Brian doth protest his innocence too much. <laughs> he said, I he know protest. nothing. I am a wee little lamb. and I, have I am heard. suspicious. Yeah. Um, so we go into finding out that Frank never... Yeah, so he never gave Brett the money. Brian paid him off. Um, at that time, I think it was actually, it was six people who claimed sexual abuse. Hmm. So. Um, and they said they were going to do all these things. Like this yes. this chief of police or whatever stood up in this meeting and was like, we're mm-hmm. going to have this like basically called a hearing and there was a bunch of yes. applause and like cheering and nothing ever happened. They basically well, just apologized. And that chief of police was part of Hillsong Church. Yes. Um. Yeah, so Brian Brian is still in court about this situation. He yeah. just went back to court in June. I was going to say um, uh, a month for, from now. No, a couple weeks. No, a few weeks ago. 
Um, no, he, no, no. He started a few weeks ago in August oh, of in August. 2023. Yes. Is, the verdict is going to be the reached. The verdict is yeah. in August. Yeah. So he, We're going to have to do a special episode when the verdict we is will, reached. Or just do an update at least. Oof. Um, yeah. So he actually went to court for closing oral arguments this June. If he's convicted, the court could sentence him to a couple years in prison. I don't think he will. No. Um, mainly because, especially because I, I watched it and... There was a time where people often did not go to the police about things. And Brian's argument was it didn't cross his mind to call police because he assumed it was the victim's responsibility. (laughs) 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 All right. I I don't don't even... And true, like, 70s and 80s was a different time. And I did not live in that time. No. But at least today... If so far, police had not gone to my father about this situation, Mm. but I knew about it, I would look at my father and say, either you go to the police or I do. Mm -hmm. If you go to the police, you might get a lesser sentence, so you might as well do it yourself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't understand the mindset of it's not my responsibility even though I know what's happened. And yeah. then just letting your dad live his mm-hmm. life and st- stay on as pastor and for another decade. I yeah. just don't get that. I don't understand. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was March 2022 where the anonymous tip was given. And then we just kind of get into the the secrecy and NDAs of the church. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Big red flag. Like, why does a church need NDAs? I literally wrote that exact question. I said, why does a church need an NDA? Yeah. That bothers me. I can't think of a single reason why I would need an NDA unless I was doing something wrong. That's just... Not mm. even just protection. Like, it's just... Maybe so that people don't go make up lies and, like, start spreading them. Mm. But what are you doing where you need to make someone sign an NDA where they... (coughs) They're not, um, no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, but what are, what are you doing with that person? Were you worried that they're coming up with a lie where they need to sign an NDA? Yep. There's no reason to have an NDA. No. Um, uh, yeah, but Brian being accused of having sex. (laughs) So... (laughs) I should reword that. Brian was accused of having sex with women. um, And they had the NDAs as proof. Yeah. And they were also paid hush money. Mm -hmm. So there was... Because Brian's got a lot of money. He's he's got a lot of money. $16,000 for custom skateboards. I know. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I, I broke down the. That's fi- just wrong on I so broke, many levels in I, general. I broke down the financial. We'll get into it. I have oh I have the money written down, but um yeah. So there was text messaging with a member of the staff, mm-hmm. leading her to resign from her job because he made her so uncomfortable. Yeah, that he secret- said, "I want to give you a kiss and, and a, a cuddle, cuddle or a hug." Dot dot dot. Yeah, you. <laughs> Honestly, that text in general is so gross. A kiss and a I cuddle. I would love to give you a kiss and a cuddle. <laughs> creepy <laughs> creepy man in your 50s wanting to give you a cuddle like ew um yeah so that secret was kept for 10 years and then brian was drunk one day and i think he mixed his like anxiety meds with alcohol 
Nice. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he went to a another either a congregants or another staff member's hotel room, and he was in the room for about forty minutes, but doesn't have any recollection of the events. Of course, he doesn't. Um, I don't know if that's from drugs and alcohol or if that's just oh, I don't remember any of no, it. You remember? Yeah. But yeah, the woman complained, and they instead of hush money they just returned every single donation she had given to the church um and brian <laughs> brian personally paid for both of these events mm. um so personally personally paid or the church paid no well oh you're right i Who mean because this money comes from the comes church from the church you're right you're not wrong Ugh. uh so yeah we'll get into the financial situation of the church yeah um since we're on the topic of hush money my my church something that I love that they do. We, every other month, have meetings, mm. uh, like member meetings, where they go over every single penny that's, that's donated our church, that's where great. it is going, mm. whether it's salaries, administration, the building costs, supporting our church plants and missionaries, or giving to specific causes. And we have voting rights that's great. over, like, this money. And, like, does like who disagrees, who has yeah. questions. And there's legitimate freedom, and people have gotten up and asked questions. Mm-hmm. And what is this? Where is this at? Stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I, there's something about mega churches where they don't really do that, and that seems so risky to me. I, feel I don't like you find a way. It's like, well, there's too many people. I'm like, you find a way to be clear. It's and just another about how you're spending service meeting. Yeah, like that's all it takes. And it, you know, when you're a mega church, you probably record your sermons. So if people want to know, they can watch it. Like, mm. yeah, it's not. It would probably be very lengthy, but it's yeah. not that hard to share your financial situation. Um, yeah, so their financial advisor actually found a range of financial schemes and cash gifts and large sums had been taken out from Mm. the account. Um, Brian says her account was categorically wrong, which he says a lot. Mm. Everything is categorically wrong. (laughs) Um, The accountant for Hillsong. Yeah. He's the one who came out with Uh all the numbers. Yeah, the accountant. Um... So then Brian goes to court for money laundering and tax fraud because she brought this up. Yeah. Um, when Brian denied it to her, she just went straight to resources. Yeah. Um, so that says a lot to me that when she, she brought it up to him first. Yeah. And that's healthy then too. That's the best. That's, that's the biblical way to do yeah. it is to bring it to, mm-hmm. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the money, shall we? Of what the, uh, I don't even know if he was a lawyer or what, but he Mm. brought up financial stuff. So the Houstons used $150,000 of church money for a vacation. Uh, He said they they used private jets like Ubers Mm. with church money again, and rides for the private jet were about $52,000 to $55,000 for a ride. Um, Thousands of dollars on watches. Um, sixteen thousand dollars for a custom skateboard, like you said. Thirty, luggage. yeah, yeah. There was like custom made luggage, custom made luggage. Well. Um, thirty thousand to board members who helped cover allegations. Oh my gosh! Oh my. Which, gosh. if you go by the typical ten thousand, that means three board members helped him cover allegations oh at my least. Word. $10,000 gifts to pastors who investigated allegations of Brian's misconduct. Oh, my word. 
Um, I don't think I remember all of these specific numbers. It was towards the end, and I had to write them down because I was like, this is ridiculous. That's insane. And the worst of it, Hillsong makes $80 million more than what they report publicly. Which means Brian probably takes most of that for himself. I don't really even have words. I know. I'll fill it with this. He said, this is the kind of shopping that would embarrass a Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just don't even know where to go after that. I don't even know where to begin. Why? One, why does a church need to make this much money? Two, if you're hiding $80 million, do you know how much your volunteers could make? When they're spending 12-hour days at your church. Yeah. They, and I know that you lose tax exemption when you start to mm-hmm. hire people for stuff. Right. Um, but you're still making a crap ton of money. That's you, a, yeah, that's you a don't, lot of money. And the great <clears throat> news, though, is um, Hillsong is no longer tax exempt, I do believe. Well, when you're, when you're that big, you, yeah. I don't know if you should. Yeah. I don't know if you should be. Well, and that was the I feel whole, like you have to hold yeah, that, that accountable because that's an enterprise. That's yeah. like a. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole reason for uh, bringing up tax fraud was mm-hmm. that so Hillsong can no longer be. So that verdict actually might be made in August, too. Okay. But it does yeah. look like they will no longer be tax exempt. There you go. Um so then they bring up the school, which it gets, it feels kind of random. Yeah. Um, basically, they go into the process, and when you go into serving after <clears throat> you graduate or even when you're inside the school, they ask you a list of questions. Oh, yeah. Have you this masturbated? Have you had sex? Have you ever hallucinated a demon? That's a weird one. And this, this wasn't like to be in leadership, this was just to be in just the school. To be in the school. To volunteer and serve is when you get these questions. Oh, okay. Um, so if you're going to be in... That actually makes sense yeah, to me. If you're going to be in a nursery, if you're going to travel to lead worship. See, I 100%... See, okay, this is interesting. People out here pitching a fix. So, like, why don't you, like, vet the people who are serving, like, with kids or, like, people more? And then yeah, people but, are like, but they're asking me all these personal questions. But, like, you but, should ask that if l- you're in these positions. Let me tell you the issue with this, though. Um... Is it the red dots? The red dots. Yeah, that is, I said, whoa. I literally just wrote, whoa. Period. So, let me use someone as an example. <coughs> um, there was a man who talked about his time at Hills College. Mm. And he was abused by a man when he was a kid. Mm. And the, the this college, was horrific. The college listed it as a homosexual experience. Not abuse. A homosexual experience, so he was no longer allowed to travel to be a drummer for no, the worship that's terrible. team. That's really he was taken thing to off do. his first experience that he was supposed to get in worship because he was abused by a man when he was younger. Yeah, yeah that's terrible. And it was just listed as a homosexual experience. No, that's so that's oof. the problem with these questions. Yes, there was also yeah. Oh, we need to explain the red dot. The red dot. Oh meant yeah. If you so if you shared like. 
So if yes, you said yes like, to any of these questions, li- like you've, you've yes, masturbated have, or you've had sex, yes. like in the past, like however, Six you months. you had to wear a red, red dot, dot on your name tag. Name tag, so everybody knew. Which that's creepy. That's creepy and weird. I don't want to know nor do i really care if you've masturbated i don't i just don't want to know if you've masturbated or also i think months. i would run into someone with a red dot and be like so was it sex or hallucinations of a demon yeah exactly um you're also not allowed to have tattoos while you're at this college you're not allowed to date um and the red dot can mean you're allowed to get kicked out of college at any point they decide oh my word that's really weird um and red dot meant you're struggling which i'm sorry Mm. six months mm. maybe masturbated once that means you're struggling i don't know all of this is super it just felt wrong i didn't like it no that's creepy um and then you know there's a i forgot her name but there's a girl who goes into she was really struggling with homosexuality mm. and um she went to a person she really trusted and they said well we can have you see our therapist that we yeah. just hired on and she was talking about how basically counseling for being gay is them trying to help you work it out of your system. And it's what we now know as a soft form of conversion therapy. I didn't know where you were going with this when you started the story because I was like, I actually, like, I thought they handled that really well. You think, and yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that like this, so we believe that homosexuality is a sin. Mm-hmm. And so... I think they did the right thing. They were like, let's get you, like, we'd love to get you, like, therapy, like, help. Like, because it seems like she at the time thought so as well. Yeah. And so that is not conversion therapy to ask why you're feeling this way. Talk about the truth of scripture mm -hmm. and all. That's not conversion therapy. To be fair, I don't know what therapy looked like for her because they didn't go into details. Yes, that is fair. So it could have been, like, this is a sin and you need to stop, which... Yeah, so I don't know how they handled that, but it actually reminded me of some stuff that people were talking about at Southeast Christian Hmm. um, when I was going because um, a Southeast Christian has a group, a support group for people who struggle with homosexuality. That's great. And they're very open about it is to encourage people in the word, in the scripture, Mm -hmm. and what the Bible says. And then non-Christians who aren't even inside the church or understand anything about Christianity were like, oh, so they have conversion therapy sessions. And I was just like, how did you get this and jump all the way over here? They're not related. Because conversion therapy was really evil. Like it it involved actual like physical torture. And physical torture. And psychological torture of um, like how evil and devious Mm -hmm. and how evil and devious are you and like working children like for hours until they're exhausted and then they put them in front of these movies that like they try to labeling them as sick and mentally ill yeah and and they like sent the conversion therapy was was really it was creepy and weird no because and that is not what this is Um, talking about not even a soft form no that's even just i think the word conversion therapy triggers me but like even a soft form I don't know what she went through. It might have been rough therapy. And honestly, with how Hillsong is, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, to bring that up in this documentary, I was like, that's dangerous. Yeah. Like just. No. That's a heavy accusation to throw against somebody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, yeah. And they, 
there was a quote of like, this isn't about Hillsong, it's about religion and celebrity and the mm. toxic mix of both of those things, which I agree with. Um, and what happens when we put people on pedestals and how worse that can be when they speak for God. Mm. It was really hard to like write notes for this because they really do. It's just like a random blip of the college mm. and then back to Carl. Yeah. And then I think they use the college to connect to um, uh, what Jake Elliott made, which was a website called Church Watch. Yeah. Uh, for people who speak up on their church hurt, specifically from mm-hmm. Hillsong and the college. Um, and Jake Elliott was in the documentary. Um, and that's kind of where Anna Crenshaw comes into play. Yeah. Um, who shared her story to Vanity Fair uh, when she got groped by the Hillsong staffer, which mm. we mentioned in, was that in part one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so Anna kind of just went straight to the police. Yeah. Which was honestly probably a wise move. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jason, the guy who groped her, got two years probation and mandatory counseling, which... Good. Good. Um, but... The bad part of that was that he was given a much better job by the church once he got out of probation. You've disqualified yourself. Yeah. Um, (coughs) And honestly, they talk about the only reason he probably got a better job was because his father is the head of human resources. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. So uh, once again, protecting themselves. And then Brian basically gave a a little press release when this going on. He said he was a young married man, first of all. Yeah. Young married man who got way too drunk, second of all, and did something stupid and is now in this situation. Just victimizing him. And imagine being Anna. No. Yeah. And having to hear that in church. From your pastor. From your pastor. Who's supposed to be protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. (sighs) Yeah. Every time Brian's on screen... especially in this documentary, it's basically just seeing a man who's time after time making excuses for people's sexual crimes. Yeah. Except this for Carl. Tr- yeah. Except for Carl, who... But he that was to cover his own sexual misconduct. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this church was basically a sex ring. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I mean, honestly, how many... I think I wrote it down, and we'll talk about it later, but so many pastors in all of the Hillsong churches. There were so many. There were so they, like, many. They flashed through this like quick snippet. It, there were probably 10 or 15. There, that, like, there were at least a dozen of men who had to step down or got fired because yep. um, they raped someone or there was sexual misconduct. I mean, it's <sighs> crazy. Um, so that's, yeah, that's when it comes out. Brian had sex... Uh, with women as well. Awesome. Uh, was texting and flirting with women and mm-hmm. making them uncomfortable. They signed the NDAs. Um, so, of course, he's making excuses for yeah. other men. Of course, he's trying to lift them up because he wants to lift himself up mm-hmm. and not feel bad about what he's done. And then he gets back up in front of the church and says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. True. Now, please get off the pulpit. Truly, like true. You are very true. Nothing can separate you from Mm -hmm. the love of God. Mm -hmm. You are. You can no longer be a pastor or be the head of anything. Right. 
It's which just, Carl understood. He is yes. now like he literally. And then we kind of go back to Carl. Yeah. He, he where says, he was like, I am not in leadership anywhere. Yeah. I have like disqualified myself. You know, from that. Ooh, let's talk about that. I wrote this out later, but um, people are really hating on Carl after this. Mm. Of like, huh? That's because confusing. he said his story is a story of recovery, which absolutely. And then people are just kind of like, okay, then why are you working in a church? Because he is. Yeah. Um, but he's not, he is not preaching or in a, is in not a level in of leadership. A level of leadership. No. He is doing their marketing. Yeah. Actually, do you know what church he's a part of? No. Transformation Church. I don't know that church. <gasps> you don't know Mike Todd? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Tim Ross. Oh, you told me about him yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, we back. talked about him in the first episode a little bit. He's the oversight pastor okay. of a church in Tulsa, and they have a couple other locations. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Todd, he's he's a really cool pastor, um, leads Transformation Church. They're kind of a bigger church. Mike Todd is definitely, I wouldn't say a celebrity level, but he's Almost. friends with Kanye. Oh. Um, so very well known. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. No, you're friends with Kanye. I mean, he loves, <coughs> he loves Kanye the week Kanye okay. needs to yeah, be yeah, loved, yeah. I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, Carl now does marketing for Transformation Church. Gotcha. And they have been very open to questions, especially Mike Todd. Mike Todd has talked about it on a couple podcasts he's been on. Yeah. Um, of just, like, we did not put him in a position of leadership. Mm-hmm. We see that he is still healing and he needs that time. Mm-hmm. But also, think about it this way. He went to college to work in a church. Mm -hmm. And so... You can find other ways to serve and work in a church that are not in a position of leadership. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, There's a huge difference between marketing and pastorship. If we disqualified everybody who sins, even in a big way, from working in a church, then I don't know if we'd have anybody working in churches. No. I mean, we're all sinning in some way i was gonna say you know? we have all we have all sinned yeah for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god yeah Ugh. um we so kind of like when as we're getting to like the end of the the episodes and stuff we're we're getting to see a little bit more of carl and yeah. his wife and we get to hear a little bit more of mm-hmm. like why did you stay like she says mm. people ask her why did you stay because she didn't have to stay mm-hmm. yes god god hates divorce but mm-hmm. he also hates when his children are hurt and there's freedom to mm-hmm. part when someone has broken the vows you made under God. It yeah. just, I got choked up watching it. Just how beautiful to see this, this redemption between this man and his wife, mm. choosing humility and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is evidently, it seems we're not there, but yeah. evidently making a way and bringing healing. And this is, this is our God who does this, mm-hmm. who helps his children, his yeah. beloved overcome mm-hmm the impossible yeah you know yeah yeah and he he talks a little bit about how he went to a rehab for pastors Mm -hmm. who faced depression anxiety burnout which i think again such a healthy move Mm -hmm. um and he he did kind of talk about you know i needed something outside of you know just prayer i needed science i needed to understand how my brain was affected after sexual abuse and um just have a practical level of healing and not just be thrown Bible verses or, Mm. you know, and there is, there is a good balance of that. It's not just, I don't even know. Well, that gets in the whole question of 
like there are people who believe that um you know like integrationalists who are like the bible and psychology yeah and then there are people who are like the bible is all that we need yeah and to be honest i don't know where i stand like because and that's a whole that's a whole conversation Mm -hmm. that'll have to be a whole Mm -hmm. a whole episode that we'll we'll get into that because that's a really good conversation but yeah Yeah. anyway yeah i think you do need a, a little bit of a healthy balance um just to understand not make excuses for but really understand like how our brains work understand the amygdala and how our body stores trauma and how that can affect choices we make Mm -hmm. um and i i do it does sound like it helped him understand like yeah i made the choices to cheat Mm -hmm. and uh hurt my wife and my family um but a lot of patterns of my sexual addictions came from this one thing that happened to me as a kid that I had no control over mm-hmm. um so I think it was a good mix of I'm responsible for this but then these things happen to me and I don't yeah I can't own up to that yeah. myself um there was a good quote I don't remember who said it I think it was Mama Jones daughter hmm. um or maybe it was Mama Jones I can't it was Mama Jones you plant things in rotten soil then you're gonna have rotten fruit Mm. yeah i don't know that that quote really just stuck to me Mm. of this church did not start with a good foundation she's that's what she was and then as kind of we're wrapping it up it's just they talk about that a lot about how if hillsong is going to continue they need to rebuild on Mm. a true not brian houston but jesus foundation they need to tear it down and build it back up again um and these congregants are kind of asked about their faith and they just kind of go no this was heartbreaking <laughs> lots honestly of, lots of people said they're either done with church or done with god as a whole because of Hillsong. um it really broke my heart to see all these people walk away yeah. from christ in the scriptures completely because of this bad experience it, yeah. it makes total sense but i'm praying the lord is able to reach these mm. people and show them who he is and what this church his church could be yeah you know i was actually kind of encouraged that josh the guy who had the story about going on survivor with his boyfriend was still in a church seems like it yeah um like he found a smaller community <clears throat> who loves him well and that kind of gave me hope and I, I really hope he finds truth inside that community i do too um i like how and then even they're talking about just getting back into church after church church and stuff. And mm. Laura says, you know, she's had a really hard time and hasn't really been yeah, like able to a, worship. And- yeah. Having a hard time being in a church again and how the Lord understands and it's a process mm-hmm. and it is a process. Yeah. I hope people don't see this documentary and say, well, the church sucks. So I'm not going at all <laughs> yeah. because that's, that's not actually biblical. If yeah. you're like, well, I was hurt by a church. So I'm never going to a church again. Yeah. I can understand. I can't understand that and how you mm. need time. And it is a yeah. process and the Lord will meet you where you are. But we are called to gather together with mm. believers and to read and walk out the scriptures yeah. and be called to repentance and encouraged by it's, one another. It's a call to obedience to be a part of a church and a community. It is. Um, and walk in that. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I've, as I said, I've been through church hurt multiple times and mm. it's, it's humbling and it's vulnerable to walk back into a church after yeah. that. And yeah. it's scary. But when you find the right church, it's also so good and so rewarding. And you get to look and be like, wow, God's led me here into this beautiful community. Yeah. Um, and and there is good and growth that comes from hurt, too. Um, even though it's sometimes mm. hard to see in the moment. 
So, and then they wrap it up by saying Hillsong, I think it was 10 years ago, was 30 locations, Mm -hmm. over 150,000 congregants. congregants. And today there are six locations locations. and 500 members weekly. At at least New York Hillsong. Um, Wow. Yeah, that's way... That fell really fast. Yeah. It, yeah, that did not take long at all. And then there were 13 alleged victims and survivors of Frank, Frank Houston. Houston. The Lord will humble. He he will humble those who represent his church wrong. Yeah, those and who are exalted. And it seems to be what he has done with yeah. Hillsong. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I think of... Um, I wrote this down, Second uh, Peter 2.2, 2, hmm. which is... And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Mm. Um, I think when you're living in sin, your conscience doesn't always allow for those sins to be brought out. Um, And if you're living in sexual sin, specifically, you're probably not going to be preaching on sexual sin much as a pastor. Yeah. Um, It's going to be absent, and in its absence, you're also hurting your congregation without even directly meaning to. Um, it's encouraging your congregation to live in sin as well. Mm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I think Carl Lentz is totally responsible for the choices he made in cheating on his wife, mm. but also look at his mentor, Brian, who... We're looking at two people who have been accused of similar things, yeah. same things, and how they have chosen mm-hmm. to respond to those things are yeah. so different. Well, he was not only cheating but he was hiding his father's sins and of course he was because look at who his father is and because they didn't bring their sins to the light it didn't force others to live in that same sin and satan uses that to encourage sin and hide things and so yeah this church was a whole mess of something (laughs) it was it's just well it's so funny because i had texted my mom like a couple weeks before we recorded to say like, Oh, I'm watching the Hillsong documentary. And she said, she said, yeah, your dad and I watched it. She said, it's just a story about man who sinned mm. and fell mm. from grace in a mm. church that messed up. Yeah. And I was like, at the core, that is what it is. Yeah. Now, of course it's way more, it's extremely serious. And we just got yeah. into why it's extremely serious, but at its core, it's, it is it's, humanity messing up God's vision. Yeah. Yeah, it starts out simple and it gets so much bigger, especially when you're leading a church as big as Hillsong. Yeah. So my so question. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's your question. <laughs> I, I had just a couple questions. Yeah. So after just listening to Carl and Laura, I feel like their story is not <coughs> done yet with leadership. You feel um, like their story is what? Not done yet with leadership. Hmm. Do you think Carl will find himself in leadership again one day? I wouldn't be surprised just yeah. because he is such a such a gifting for that. Uh-huh. I just hope that he approaches it. It I think he's going to approach it extremely differently uh-huh. and Hopefully. be in a much different environment than Hillsong mm, was. Yeah. Because he's also much older now and wiser and he's yeah. alerted. Like he's been publicly humiliated on a global level. Yeah. Like I can't imagine the kind of humility you you get from that so i wouldn't be surprised if yeah he ends up preaching again what do you think like do you think he should and what do you think is the boundary of like when you should no longer go back to pastorship um 
do I think he should? I think because of how he chose to respond. Yeah, I yeah. think there. I think I think the boundary is how you choose to respond to the situation. Mm. I think you need to look at that person's family. To be honest, like you need to look at how their mm. family is operating. Yeah, and if like his marriage is strained, his kids are struggling, maybe not. Mm. That's not to say that people who aren't, you know, that's not to say that. Yeah people who are struggling are disqualified from leadership. But uh-huh. when you have sinned in this way, like, you know, you look at his family and they seem to be close and unified yeah. and his marriage is, is growing and getting stronger. Well, and so and I, I don't remember what <clears throat> Bible verse it is, but it's it might be in second Timothy of just like what a pastor should look like. Mm. And it does talk about your family needs to be in a good spot. And yes. if not, the pastor needs to take time to focus on his family. That's number one. Yeah. That's number one. Yes. Yeah. Your family. Um, what do you think Brian's consequences should be for all he's done? And should it be more than just a couple years possibly in prison or even losing pastorship? It seems that he has disqualified himself from being in leadership because Mm -hmm. he has been for so long and clearly he has not stewarded his his gift of this well yeah you know it that is what it seems do you think he even has a gift i'm not even talking about the gift of pastorship i'm talking about the gift of like the lord gave him a gift he gave him a church oh like as a gift and so he hasn't stewarded his church Uh well yeah it seems and so no yeah i think uh i think his his pride and his love for money Hmm. alone disqualifies him i agree on top of everything else he's done yeah the lying i completely completely agree yeah (sighs) any any final thoughts any overall thoughts on this documentary gosh honestly i can't think of anything that we haven't haven't shared it was no it was a it was very interesting i enjoy Mm. watching documentaries like this this documentary i think was interesting to watch because it's a part of a church and i am a christian in a church and so watching it there was definitely two halves of my brain that was like this is really screwed up but also i believe in the church of god and i believe in some things that they're doing and agree with some things that they were doing and saying Mm -hmm. and then you watch something like shiny happy people and you're like "Ah." (laughs) never mind (laughs) scary yeah (laughs) Yeah, I scary I, creepy cult. <laughs> I think second time around watching this, I had to kind of check myself as I was making notes and stuff because, as I've been recently struggling with church, mm. I did sometimes side with the congregants, mm. and then I was like, oh well, eh, I don't know if that's accurate actually. Well, that's just really good self awareness on your part, I think. Yeah, we have to make sure that we're we're taking off our our personal hats. Yeah, and, not projecting. Yeah. Yeah, which is hard to do. It's very hard to do, especially um, when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if this if these episodes were like <laughs> scattered. I We tried to be We tried so hard to organize this. We did. But honestly, this it, it is kind of a mind warp as you're watching this documentary. It is. You're re- they they throw so many things at you. They really tied in so much together and it was um it was a lot to take in. Yeah. Um 
I although I, I really do believe they could have done it in three episodes. The fourth one, it felt like they definitely tied it all together, but I don't know. It felt like it kind of dragged on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if it was really necessary. But altogether, a very interesting documentary. Yeah. Very informational. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just hope all is well with Carl Lentz and his family from here on out. Nothing but good things for them. I hope that Brian <coughs> confesses, you know, his owns up to his sin. Maybe. <coughs> he had his chance in June and he still did not. Yeah, that's true. I think he's done. <sighs> Sorry I've been done. coughing so much, by the way. I'm She's like got... dealing with the pregnancy, the pregnancy sinus, like cough stuff. Yes. Yeah. big pain. Stuff. So <laughs> my throat's been really itchy today. It's yeah. very strange. Anyway. Yeah, but, um,. Even if it was scattered and you're still listening, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for showing up. Like and subscribe. Appreciate it. I was going to say subscribe to our podcast. We're on Spotify and Apple Music and Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Follow us. Mm -hmm. Share our stuff. Comment. uh, Ask questions. Message us. Ask questions. Let us know what you think about the documentary, if Mm -hmm. you've been watching it or at least following along with us. Yeah. Um, I know some people who follow us when... We told them we were doing this. They were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, <laughs> so it was interesting. seriously, if, you, if you've if you listened to this but haven't watched it yet, go watch it because there's way more information than even what we shared. Yeah. We did our best, but it would have taken... We would have been here for six hours. So many episodes or several hours. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe next time we do a documentary, we'll just do like a live podcast. That would be for interesting. For people to follow. Yeah. Because it really is hard to follow documentaries like this and... Mm-hmm get into all the nitty gritty it is but yeah well until next time until next time see you then see ya